0: Welcome to Asbury Pod with Amy Quinn and Joe Walsh. This is the first episode of the new year, and while many of us are already abandoning those new year resolutions, we talk today to some of Asbury's yoga and wellness luminaries about fitness and wellness during quarantine. Joining us today are Amanda Feinstein, owner of Jandy Yoga, and Reggie Flimlin, founder of 4th Avenue's own Juice Basin. So join us as we discuss juice fasts, down dogs, and all the times I thought I was going to die during hot yoga.
1: The matters addressed in this podcast represent my own personal views and opinions concerning issues affecting the citizens of Asbury Park in my capacity as the deputy mayor of the city of Asbury Park. They do not necessarily represent the official position of the city or the official position of the Asbury Park City Council as a whole. I am developing and implementing this podcast in an effort to keep citizens informed. However, this is not an official City of Asbury Park podcast and does not, and I repeat, does not represent the official position of the city or the governing body. So welcome to our welcome back, our Asbury pod listeners. Um, Welcome to 2021. I had initial high hopes for for 2021. They appear to be getting dashed. (laughs)
0: Looking (laughs) forward to
1: 2022. (laughs) Hopefully things get better after the 21st or not. Who knows? At this point, we're all just beaten down. Hmm. Um, And... uh, I'm going to jump right to Amanda and Reggie because um, I think they're going to have so many more positive things and not go down a rabbit hole of depression that I could go down <laughs> based on 2020 and 2021. Um, are you good with that, Joe? Or is there anyone yeah. anything you want to tell our listeners before?
0: No, no, no. Uh, just glad to be back. And so, um, you know, our guests today are Amanda Feinstein and and, um, and Reggie. Uh, Reggie, I always butcher your last name since I've met you. Is it Slimlin?
2: <laughs> <It's> Slim. <French. laughs>
0: um you know local yoga and and um entrepreneur juice entrepreneurs and teachers so, <laughs> so i'm ready a- amy let's go
1: yeah so we're gonna ask you both to do um a, a little bit of intro i will tell our listeners that we are debating and joe and i are moving very slow on this debate on changing our music right joe i'm leaving that to you so sure. um any delay on that blame on joe because i'm not the music person in this And we're also adding a section. We always ask people about kind of their story at Asbury Park and how it's tied to Asbury Park because the only thing that interests Joe and I is Asbury Park. Um, And we're going to ask, we're going to start asking people for recommendations because we get recommendations a lot for either books or series or podcasts, just anything that you've listened to recently that you think um, other people might want to listen to. So I'm going to add that segment in at some point before we close up today. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to keep my mouth closed. Amanda, do you want to start, and then Reggie, just kind of a brief intro about you. What brought you to Asbury? How long you've been here? Sure. So my um my parents actually,
3: my mom loved Asbury for years and years. She used to come here when she was a kid, and she, I grew up in Barnegat, like down even further south, and then uh, eventually we moved to Nutley, New Jersey. That's where I grew up. So my mom always knew she wanted to get back to Asbury in some form, and. Um, Her and my dad bought a condo probably like 12 years ago at this point, between 10 and 12 years ago. And my sister and I would come down every summer and we fell absolutely in love with it. And I knew I wanted to come down here. So um, I was actually working at a yoga studio up north and I had mentioned to the owner that I wanted to go down to the Asbury area. And he said to look for a studio space and that he'd be interested in opening up a studio down in this area. And this was again, years ago, about like, I think seven or eight years ago. And so I did, and I was involved in managing three studios down here for years. And then, um, obviously lived down here, love it. And recently just decided to go off on my own. So I've lived down here and I can't imagine living anywhere else to be completely honest.
1: No, I think that's exciting. We have a demographic of people in Asbury Park that in retirement age decided to move here, which I always think is so interesting. My parents so, love it. Yeah. So Anita and Bob, I mean, there's a whole demographic of, you know, people in their, you know, probably 70s that, mm-hmm. or late 60s that chose Asbury as their retirement, which is always so interesting to me. And we should get those people on the show and talk about what you know, of all the places to retire yeah. to, because New Jersey is like a direct nexus to Florida. It's like New Jersey, Florida. <laughs> that they they were like, no, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do Asbury. So at some point, they those people should be guests on our show. Good idea. Um, Yeah, and Reggie, do you want to? Can you give us a little intro on you and your your sure. time Asbury?
2: So my husband and I both worked at World Trade, and when that baby blew up, our worlds blew up. So we came down here and we literally spent a year on the Eastern seaboard looking for a place to relocate. And we ended up in Asbury because our children are Latino, they're dark skinned, uh, family members as well, um, family members that are LGBTQ identifiers, we're advocates of art. Um, and we felt like Asbury was kind of the last frontier, a lot less rules than most of the, uh, Eastern seaboard had at the time. And so, uh, we sold our home in Montclair where there's a huge, uh, I think transition right now from Montclair into Asbury park specifically for those reasons. Um, and, uh, and then we kept working in Manhattan, and and then we transitioned into Yoga Basin, Juice Basin, and the festival. And uh, I've never looked back. I am so pleased because the vistas that you see here and the breath of the ocean breeze is uncomparable. It truly is. And like I said, we spent a year going up and down the seaboard looking for a place from Florida to the Carolinas, Virginia, all over. Um, We had nothing to do really. And uh, Asbury hit our heart and we bought, and I think we were the first wedding in Trinity Church in 2005 in something like 30 years. Yeah, it was crazy. And uh, our home here on 8th Avenue and now our shop on Fourth Avenue. Yeah.
0: The interesting thing about both of you is when I think about you know you're uh, you're both active in the yoga community. The weird thing about Asbury Park is that it is not weird that there are people are into yoga, but there are so many yoga studios around here. I was thinking before the in the before times, right before COVID, there were one, two, three, four. one two three four six there's like ten yoga studios within like ten miles. <laughs> Of the Asbury Park, so it is like the yoga capital of the East Coast, right? Right here, and you guys were right in the 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 middle of that. And I think Amy and I have both been in um, certainly in um, classes in Amanda's studio. I think Reggie's studio. I was that's where I started <laughs> at, you know, uh, years ago at Yoga Basics. Right. It's, it's all your. So fun. I
1: didn't start at, at Reggie's Studio, but I on your on either your first or second. Um, Rita, who was Joe's partner, we went to the boardwalk to do the hundred. I forget what they're called
0: 108. Yeah.
2: 108 sun salutations. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We were one of your first ones up on the boardwalk doing, um, doing that. And honestly, and we'll get into, and I want to get into COVID, but Amanda, one of the wonderful things early on in the pandemic was you doing the, um, the class at watermark, which I did, it was like a feeling, a sense of uh a normalcy i mean obviously you did it by zoom and i want to we want to talk about that as well but early on in this pandemic when you did the the uh, the, the yoga class at, at watermark i was one of the people on and thought oh my god thank god and we did the donation for the asbury park dinner table it was yeah which is still going strong yeah amazing so so good, kind of going into your respective industries and and you know, can you talk a little bit about them pre-COVID and then, and and now during COVID? Because certainly yours, Amanda, has been devastated. And I'm not suggesting Reggie's hasn't, but yours has been obliterated.
3: Mm -hmm. So what's funny is that, like I said, I, I obviously, I managed the three studios. I managed Unique Yoga for years and I decided to go off on my own during the pandemic because everything was changing so much that I almost felt like it wouldn't be that shocking if I finally decided to like take it off on my own and see what I could do. Like just offering classes virtually and offering them, which I'll get into at my friend, Ryan's uh, CrossFit gym and doing privates and just changing my business model a little bit and just trying something new where I might be able to grow a little bit more. And I actually... I watched the industry change so much, but I've been very, very lucky to have branched off and found like a good, solid niche, I guess, in this in this crazy time. Um, I teach a lot of virtual classes that that still have good attendance. And I'm so, so, so grateful for Zoom as a platform and any kind of virtual teaching platform that we have. And then also I teach at my friend's uh, CrossFit gym, which is like a huge space. He has a big outdoor area. So we're able to socially distance and still host live classes. So I look back at some pictures of the studio when we were packed in like little sardines and I actually look at it and I'm like, oh my i get like anxiety looking at the picture because it's so inappropriate
1: now
0: you're like those people are too close they're way too. And close. honestly your classes
1: amanda i mean if i wanted to take your class i had to get there a half hour early it, i mean no question about it or i was it, not i was not i was not getting the tiny spot in your class right. i'm like um you guys can fit under the shoe rack, there's I'm- like six inches to it, the left of the door guys okay yeah
3: well, it was okay at one point, but now I, I seriously look back at some and I like send them to my friends. I'm like, guys, look. Like, and everyone's like, ew, like it's, it's so crazy how we're programmed now. But um, anyway, so yes, it has changed very much so, but I have found um, I found a good, a good thing right now that I'm very thankful for to still be able to offer live classes and virtual classes.
0: So Amanda, uh, you left uh, Unique and sort of branched out on your own, but did that did that studio close?
3: No, no, no. They're all, oh. open. uh, well, the Belmar studio did only because of like, no, re- no real reason. The lease was up and all that, but mm-hmm. the Eleanor studio is still open. And so is the Highland studio.
0: Hmm. Interesting. And I know some, uh, some studios have closed and i know, like, Ohana, yeah. we were talking before closed there, which, although they've re- reformulated a little farther south. Um, yeah, and, and I'm not sure about some of the others, like I don't go, I don't leave my house. I literally, I'm not sure who's opening. <laughs> no. no,
3: I definitely saw a lot of, I, it, like you said, Amy, it was very devastating because a lot of small businesses, especially the fitness studios rely on people coming in their doors. And to a lot of people who don't want to use the virtual platform, like that means they're not showing up anymore. So it was, it definitely took a hard hit, like the industry in general, I think pe- we really need to get creative with, making it work.
1: And, and Reggie, it, it, so obviously I, I could see it with yoga. I mean, has it obliterated
2: the juice industry? Well, so we are both wholesalers and retailers. Pre-COVID, we had 40 wholesale clients going all the way up to Fort Lee. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were coffee shops. Mm-hmm. We have no coffee shops right now. Uh, we were in hospitals we right now have no hospitals. Uh, we're still in Whole Foods and Asbury Hotel and a few gourmet markets. But we were in the middle of a huge marketing program out direct to coffee shops. And we did a significant number. It was about 20% of our overall revenue was just coming out of coffee shops. Also, That's interesting. we lost, we, we had 20 employees pre-COVID we're down to six. So everyone is a mom. No one's got school. All these moms, and I don't blame them, checked out. I don't blame them at all. Um, So we had to look at our leaders, Asbury, Jersey City, and then Montclair. Montclair, we were competing with a new landlord that wanted to bring in the wrecking ball anyway. So we were like, we're not renewing. Peace out. So we closed the Montclair store. We went from three locations down to two, went from 20 employees down to six, and went from 40 wholesale clients down to about five. So similar to what Amanda's saying, you have to constantly reinvent yourself as an entrepreneur. It is the way of life. So what we did was we started picking up our social media to go direct with our clients and branch out from our good clients for recommendations. So we kind of pulled from people that already understand that Juice Basin is a premium brand. It's not a cheater brand. doesn't have a ton of water in It doesn't have a ton of apple. It actually is artisan craft hard-pressed juice. And now when we make our 3000 bottles at a clip for what's going out to wholesale in our Jersey City store. So we do have a small crew that works with us. They don't mind part-time work. They come in, it's all hands on deck for about three days straight and the juices are banged out. However, in the Asbury store, Every day we're pressing juice because we have clients that come in and say, Reggie, can I have this cleanse? Can I have that cleanse? Can you work with me on this customization? I just need celery juice. I can't have maca." So we're always pressing there and that core with me and my husband are present. So instead of me growing my business now, I'm running my business. Mm-hmm. And as an entrepreneur, that's kind of like you're just going to plateau. Because if you're not growing your business and you're running your business.
0: You're just maintaining.
2: You got it. Mm -hmm. But my numbers, my numbers as far as profitability, uh, it's not as bad as I assumed it would be. My husband and I don't really make a hell of a lot of money from this business, but the foundation of this business, we were going to, we own the global trademark on Bridal Cleanse. We were talking with a co-packer out of Brooklyn that wanted a marketing arm that wanted to roll that out nationally. That would have been a big thing for Asbury. That all came to a halt. So, so many of these strategic partners that we've cultivated over the years with good product line are they themselves hurting and can't um, move forward on those initial plans?
1: And when you, we talk a little bit about like pivoting, like mm-hmm. like like some of the pivots, like for Amanda, yours or Zoom, uh, Reggie, maybe putting a little bit more into social media or more, more personal relationships with people, yeah. like just talk to me about how, how you even figure out how to start pivoting in the middle of, you know, thousands of people dying daily. Sure. Do you want to take
3: it, Amanda, or? Um, I was just going to say that, like, I remember, I remember I was like going for a run and we like saw in the news that, that we were going to shut down for two weeks. Everything was going to shut down for two weeks. So I, I called like the owner of the studio at the time. And I was like, what are we going to do? And he's like, look, shut down for two weeks. Like, that's what we're going to do. And I'm like, this feels like I, it's going to be more than two weeks to me. Like, I just, I I don't know. I was started thinking about what are we going to do? Because whoever wanted to take our classes tomorrow still want to take our classes tomorrow. They don't want to wait two weeks. So I actually sent out an Instagram poll of like, if I offered a virtual class at 9am tomorrow, like would anybody join? And I got like 50 responses, like saying yes, like, please, please, please. So I like taught myself Zoom. I didn't even know what it was. I was like, it's going to be a virtual platform now. Like I downloaded it. I paid my $15 or whatever. And I figured out, I'm, I called up all my girlfriends from, from Nutley. And I was like, guys, I need you to sign on to this call, make sure it works. Saw all their faces. And the next morning I taught my first virtual class and I would send, I would ask everybody for their email address and then send out a link, which I learned very shortly. Thankfully that I could just post a link somewhere. Um, and, and it just like kind of took off. And, and that was like a big pivotal point for me because I was sitting there thinking like, Oh, I'm not going to teach yoga for two weeks or however long. And then it's like, no, I'm going to just teach it on in my living room and computer. that was
1: early on that was
3: within marchish early it was April. it was literally like two days after the shutdown. Okay. like I was like this I need to teach my Monday morning class and then I just kept teaching and the like all of the teachers that were working for me at the time, I put together a cohesive schedule and we were offering virtual classes and and that's just like how we did for months until they were able to open again and I decided to go off on my own mm-hmm. but the the zoom like I cannot. It's I you do miss that in person connection obviously and we could talk more about that later but like I have been so thankful for this this platform like it so many businesses would have just completely died if we didn't
0: have it. So. <laughs> well, I like to, you. I, I I took a uh, how do you feel about So you like do you like teaching? I mean, obviously it's different, but how do you feel about the, the teaching on Zoom? I mean, you you think. Uh, well, you just kind of said that you like about, like, is, are there, what are the downsides to teaching on Zoom other than sort of getting up in people's business and, and adjusting them? But,
3: right, right. So it's actually funny you said this. I was talking about this today with a friend. The downfalls of teaching on Zoom is that obviously you're not with the person, you can't feel their energy. So, like, sometimes you're not sure if they're liking it. Some cameras are off, some dogs and cats are walking across the screen, which is cute and funny and fine. Some kids are screaming, pulling their mom's like hair, like, you know, it's just like kind of a shit show for lack of a better word, <laughs> but it's still a way to make yoga accessible. So I appreciate it. It just, sometimes I feel like, you know, you're putting a lot out
1: and it's hard to like get <laughs> back. <laughs> but, and are you saying like, please mute? Like, are you like, oh, my I ping- mute everybody. Ping- <laughs> so all day long, I hear my kids, my kids' virtual kindergarten teacher. Go ahead and press mute. Don't yeah. Sophia, you gotta mute yourself. Jensen, hit mute yeah. because I know it's driving that. I know it's driving her crazy. Whatever she's hearing. So you put everybody on mute, oh, and then okay. I'm so here. so thank God. So you so you know to do that the minute it starts. One, I say hello everybody. If you have any questions, you can
3: unmute, but I mute them. And Tuesday night we did a big donation class, and it was virtual, and it was Yin Yoga and a meditation there were 27 people signed on. I like really set the tone for the class. We were just about to start somebody's kid who had to be like six or seven r- must've ran up to the computer and unmuted and was going Roar, like a lot of these crazy <laughs> sounds. And I was like, I like ran to the computer, muted it. And I was like, Oh, sorry, everybody. Like, <laughs> what are you going right. to do? Literally. Yeah.
0: I, yeah. I'm in so many zoom meetings. I wanted to have it. I want to make a t-shirt that just says you're on mute.
1: <laughs>
0: cause I, I, we find ourselves saying that. like, 10, 20, 20, like <laughs> That
1: would be hysterical. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> and and so. talk to us a little bit, Reggie, about, cause your p- pivots, because you don't, you, you, do you have to use zoom in your business or no?
2: No, no, oh. I need employees. So in right. Jersey city, it's a really uh, urban community, right? Uh, so, because we're part of the food supply chain into supermarkets like Whole Foods and Sickle's and such, we re- we never stopped. We also um, did a big program with uh, Jersey City Medical Center for frontline workers there. We did a big donation program there, and a big one in Neptune Medical. So we didn't stop. So the first thing we did was we assessed who in our neighborhood was open and what their hours were. And then we reflected those hours with our hours. So that way, if somebody was waiting for the butcher down the block, they could come and get their juice and go back in the line because the lines in Jersey City were literally around the corner to get your, to get your produce, to get anything. So, we we mirrored our community and their hours. Then we had no staff. So, I was going to Jersey City to keep that afloat while Enrique worked with our staff here, which Raquel's been with us for 10 years, Louisa eight, and Xavier, I think, is four or five years at this point. So, they have a rhythm so they can manage. So, that was, that was really uh, one of the big things. And then One of our employees came back and said, I want to work. I don't want to stay home. I'm losing my mind. I'm getting really depressed. I'm COVID tested. And that triggered something in my head. My sister is a physician. I come from a family of a lot of science. And I really did a deep dive to see how I can make sure that if people at that time were walking in without a mask, we could still serve them. And one of the interesting components of COVID or any influenza is that you need moving circulating air. It is key and critical. You need fresh air. Well, in both of our locations, we have a screen door. That screen door, the main door rarely is closed even during the winter. The fans are on, the air is constantly moving, and we are sanitizing as soon as somebody departs. People are doing a lot of touchless payment now and all of that, and they're much more on board. But in the beginning, folks really didn't understand what they might be contributing to staff. And that is how I really position it for people that still today will walk into the juice basin, not Jersey City, but Asbury. And I think because people are by the ocean, they have this concept like they can't get it. Um. We just constantly refer to the science and it really helped us, helped us in our communication. It helped us update our website to let people know how we manufacture juice and how much science is in there. You know, what the FDA requires us to do as good manufacturing practices besides sanitary operating procedures all the time when we manufacture. Because we're that compliant, in order to be wholesale, you have to work with FDA. They inspect USDA. They inspect. Everybody inspects my place. So we were kind of, <laughs> we were kind of really tight to begin with, and it wasn't a hiccup there to manufacture and get the product out.
0: Oh, you, oh sorry, sorry. no, Nope,
2: you go.
0: Roger, right, I want to go back to something you said before that you need employees. So if would go back to what you said originally, when you said you, you had 20, you know, 20 employees that did uh, maybe I misunderstood this. Are you saying that because they were moms, they had to, they had to leave the job. So to, to watch their kids at home. Right?
2: Yeah. A lot of them, a lot of them actually moved out of the, the whole area.
0: Yeah. They well, left. The it's impo-
1: As somebody whose kid is in virtual kindergarten, it, I, I go physically into my office two days a week or else I would never get any work done. It's mm-hmm. virtually impossible to be on virtual school and do anything other than unmute yourself, pay attention. Yeah. You'll have your, you know, where's your pencil, where's your pen? You know, it's, I don't know. And I, and I have a lot of help and I have a lot of privilege. So I just want to be clear on that, but it is even with help, you know, my mom's in Asbury and I have, I have a lot of help. Um, it's hard virtual school for especially little kids is hard.
3: Hard. Yeah, I can't even imagine it. Honestly, I really can't. It's
2: difficult.
0: Reggie, that exit, that exit, is sort of um, accords with the data that you see that you know women have been forced out of the workplace by COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, spec- you know, so there's like a gender disparity here that you know push comes to shove. If there are kids in the you know uh, in the house, women had to give up their employment uh, in this crisis. So. <laughs>
1: So can I, so I wonder if people followed kind of my, my journey on it, Reggie. So when the pandemic initially hit, I was so stressed out. I just was eating, 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 Mm -hmm. eating, eating. It wouldn't have occurred to me to do a juice. And then, you know, I I forget when I came in November or December, but I thought, you know, I have to, I have to like get myself together and stop eating and drinking 3000 calories a day um, and, and do a a juice cleanse. But initially in the pandemic, I, it it wouldn't have even been on my radar. I just, you know, like many people were surviving, but now eight months or nine months or 10 months into the pandemic, you know, I need to, I want to do things that are good for my body and feeling better. And, and obviously that, you know, Heather and I did a five day juice cleanse, which we felt (laughs) great after, but I wondered, is are you seeing a difference as the vaccine's coming and, and this is fingers crossed, potentially ending that people are, um, you know, more coming to you more for juices or juice cleanses and to sure.
2: get. Absolutely. And I think the other thing is very important, what you said, you were taking control of the situation. You had enough, right? Yes. Yeah. And that it is took it. months. It took right. months it took for months. me to feel. Absolutely. But so many people are currently right in that place. They're, they're right there with you where they want to take control of their life. If they have to deal with a new reality, they've learned over the last six, seven months, this is the reality. And I'm not going to get sick by eating 3,000 calories of garbage every day. I need to take control. I need to sign up on Amanda's Zoom. I need to make a space in my home. I need to start meeting again with these great merchants that actually have products that are good for me. People are becoming more selective and they're also educating themselves on how to do it properly and and not just jump in with this grandiose vision, but kind of taking it in a more tempered approach so it sustains longer and it it carries them longer. And Mm -hmm. that is the difference that I'm seeing with the intelligence of our client base. They are self motivating they are looking at the information they're doing their research and they're coming in with really great questions where before it was like oh my girlfriend or somebody did this or and another thing is men men are coming in much more now i think it went from 25 percent men my demographic over the last three months i would say they're about 45 percent
1: oh that's interesting
2: yeah athletes uh, like we 've always worked with professional athletes on the jets, the giants, those guys we 've always worked with them, but now i 've got guys that have got pelotons and they 're like i need to I need to get more energy going like they're they're taking it home, but they 're educating themselves and they're trying to optimize their health and wellness. In the small amount of time that they're given, right, you're at home, you're, you're there with your son on pre-K, you've got a certain amount of time in your day where when you finally get it, Amy, you're probably like, hell's bells, I'm focused. Right. And I feel like that's the change. People value their time more and how they're spending it and what they're spending their dollars on.
1: I, I, so I would say I am absolutely that person that, that for years was go, go, go. And I'm, I'm sure both of you go, go, go. I I never had time to think, and I was never a particularly still person. You know, I would take a yoga class and then I'd go for a run and then I'd pick up a juice and then we'd go to dinner and then we'd stop at a bar on our way home. And then, and this is forced, um, in a good way. I, I didn't initially feel like it was a good way, but in a good way forced, you know, required a stillness and a rethinking of I want to stop eating bags of Doritos and I want to pick up a juice cleanse and I want to I'm actually doing dry January, which the jury's still out of that's something
2: I'm i thinking. am too and but it just happened organically i didn't have any intention of it that's i didn't either I really but i help. will say i'm
1: I, I am so the first break the gap, teeter, i don't know about the- you reggie but i, I am <laughs> feeling like i'm starting to teeter a little but i'm i'm doing it i'm hanging in but i am break. you know the middle of the month is more difficult than the beginning of the month
2: oh that's my phone i have to turn it off
0: so I, uh, this is a this um, is a question ahead, sorry, for, for 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 uh, both of them. And when Reggie, Reggie went to answer a phone, but um, so you know, Amanda, you I think we're going to come back later and ask like you know uh, advice about you know how do people start a yoga practice. But I want I want to ask you because this goes back for before time. The New Year's New Year's resolutions always. You know we're in the middle of we're 15 days, 20 days into people's New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming you guys in 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 the before. Four times would you know, would see a bump in people showing up at the studio or buying juices. And so how long do those New Year's resolutions last when you see them? Like, you know, we have people show up, like I'm gonna buy a year membership to to the studio, and then like three months later, they're not there anymore. Like how long, you know? So and are you seeing a similar bump in this environment as well?
3: So I teach three live classes right now a week. And last night was like the busiest live class that I've taught. And I don't know if it's because of New Year's resolutions and people trying to get back, but I am seeing some faces that I haven't seen in a while. So I think that might be like an element of it, but literally just like you guys said, Amy and Reggie, like, I think people are getting to a point now where they're like, I I need to make a shift. And of course the start of a year is like a good time to do it. So I've noticed a little increase in my classes for sure. Um, When does it usually drop off? Like I think in the studio setting it lasts like two or three months, sometimes then people are kind of like doing other things or maybe they lose it a little bit, but it's definitely strong um, in the beginning. And then of course, as it gets warmer, I think people just like to do other things as well. But yeah, I would say I I noticed a little increase so far, which I didn't really put two and two together, Joe, until you just said that. I'm like, why was my class so crazy last night? (laughs) Maybe it's New Year's resolutions.
1: So Reggie Joe was asking, are you seeing New Year's resolutions upticks with juices or juice cleanse
2: or um I don't I don't think it's so much the resolution as it is um people wanting just to take control. It's it's interesting. Uh BJ, BJ Fogg, I think his name is, or Bog. Um, he is a Stanford University professor. He has a Uh, YouTube out on tiny habits and just published a book on tiny habits. And what he states is that behavioral change comes from emotions. And when we commit to these big grandiose plans, it's usually tethered in our emotion somewhere to improve, right? So instead of doing that, pick a habit for maybe one or two minutes a day that will Optimize whatever it is that you're trying to achieve and build upon that. And as you build upon that, you start to realize uh, the things that you're doing in your life that are unnecessary and hampering you. And it empowers you to actually tackle those challenges. So I feel like there's also a shift because of COVID and because we are enlightening ourselves through research, et cetera, that people are also getting to that point where they're going to Amanda because I want to start to feel well again. I want to start to move. I miss my community. I need to connect. It's almost like a blue zone is being created all around us, right? Right. People are starting to look at their diets. I don't want the processed foods. I'm gradually cutting meat from my diet. No judgment. They just seen a ton of documentaries telling them, hey, if you want to do yourself a favor, live longer and get rid of some brain fog, you might want to cut out some of that animal protein, right? And, And that's happening. Where five years ago, no way, no way. You couldn't even have the conversation.
1: And just because we brought up New Year's resolutions as well, though, could do either one of you have New Year's resolutions? Mine's a tiny habit. Tiny hmm. habit. Yep. Mine was to
3: be more like to, I don't know how to explain, I guess, like kind of not put so much pressure on things in general, <laughs> like even when it comes to like working out and I I know we were probably going to get this, but um, just you know, knowing that like what you can do is kind of good enough in a day and that then there's another day. So like, if you can't get in a run, then maybe you go for a walk or maybe you do, you know, 20 minutes of yoga and that's still doing yoga. Like just do what you can and just kind of, you know, be to be a little easier on ourselves basically, because we are dealing with times that we never knew before. And it's important to do the best that we can and just kind of encourage others to do the same. And I've, I'm learning that. For sure. It's
2: awesome.
0: Amy, you skipped over something before. How did that juice cleanse go?
1: <laughs> Amazing. It went really no, I, I have to tell you, I lost, you know, I lost a few pets. Pa- so it, here's something interesting, Reggie. When I went in to get it, it might have been Xavier, I said to him, um, you know, I'm trying I'm trying to think of the words I use, but I said something like I'm trying to get rid of this COVID nineteen, meaning the weight gain from yeah. that because I had just stuffed my face with food for months out of and drinks out of stress. And he said, "You know, it's funny. A lot of people are talking to us about juices who have COVID." And I was like, "No, I'm COVID. I'm trying to lose this weight." But it made when he said that to me, it made perfect sense to me. Of course, people would want to, you know. Maybe not treat COVID with juice, but certainly have it be an accessory to whatever treatments they're doing. So I wanted to. I wondered if you could talk about that a little bit because when he when he initially said it, I was too busy being like, I not to worry, you know, not to worry. I don't have COVID. Uh, I'm just, you know, (laughs) fat. But um, but not Amy. But when he said it, I thought, of course, of course, people want to either accessorize or accessorize. And that, that's the wrong word, but you know what I'm saying, like treat, yeah. go yeah. through the treatment with juice. So I wondered if you could talk about that a little bit, because when he said it yeah. to me, I thought it was really interesting.
2: Yeah. So, um, I've noticed that like, uh, painless, which is turmeric, lemon, ginger, uh, shots, blood shots, which are dandelion, ginger, and lemon. And these are all like very strong detoxifiers. They're actually in shots because they are so powerful. Um, Folks have come in and bought 15 of those at a time with like Liberty Light, celery, parsley. Those salts are really great for cleansing. Um, 15 of those at a clip. And then the Mission Blue, which is um, Mission Blue is a nonprofit to create Uh, blue zones in the ocean where they can't drill and we donate to them. So we created a juice for that and that's Thai coconut pineapple and then blue magic, which is an aqua botanical, a great nutrient boost with tons of minerals, which a lot of people don't realize even when they eat organic, the, the soil is losing its mineral content globally. It's just because of everything that's been poured into it. And so, um, What that does is it revitalizes very quickly because Thai baby coconut is super hydrating, but tastes like breast milk. Nobody wants to drink it straight up. So you add a little splash of pineapple in there with the bromelain enzyme, and that's good for... Uh, anti-inflammatory, soothing for the stomach. Um, And then you put this shot of mineral in it, and it's actually like a mood booster. It gives you the energy. We have worked with some people that have come out of the hospital uh, and are really in a sad state. It's very important that folks like that, especially the older community, have a pressurized juice Uh, Because there's no pathogens that can grow in that, right? You can't even see patulin, which comes from apple with the naked eye. So you just want to make sure that people that have that delicate system, that you're giving them things that are, are palatable, that will affect a positive change on the body, not cripple them with something else that they weren't expecting. Mm. And that's really important. There goes the science again. But for older generation coming out, coming off the influenza or whatever, it's more the mangel coast, apple, red apple, apple a day keeps the doctor away. Why is that? That's malic acid in the apple. That's great for muscle recovery. But there's also turmeric in that and then citrus, which helps to eliminate what you consumed the day before. So, all of these, so probably what Xavier was referring to is people coming in and saying, I'm afraid of getting COVID. What should I take? Or I had the flu or I'm not really feeling well, or my auntie just came out of the hospital. What can you help me with? So, it really depends on the population. It depends on what the goal is, and then the juices are the remedies to help you get to where you need to go based on lifestyle and your demographic, for sure.
1: And I would say, you know, Joe, to your point, like I did the juice and started running again. I was walking, but I started running again. And then dry January, all again, things like, okay, I have to get out of this routine of like, stress eating and stress drinking and, yes. and, and all of that. So, I mean, I would definitely credit the juice with starting me on getting back into, you know, when you do a five day juice cleanse, it's not, it's not easy. I'm not saying it's the most difficult thing on the planet, but it's certainly, it's not a walk in the park. That's no, it's not. no, it's not. So when you successfully complete that, there is a sense of empowerment, like, okay, so I quit drinking anything and eating shit for five days. And I was already a vegetarian, but still mm-hmm. you know I've been a vegetarian for like ten or fifteen years but but then it was like dry january i'm gonna i'm gonna get my shit together for, for january as well with 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 dry January but yeah, I mean I just feel like all of that the juice cleanse and and starting to run again and getting as you said, Reggie, starting to take control of what has felt like a very out of control year. And I had a campaign on top of that, which was, which was really stressful. Well, it was really (laughs) stressful in that it was the strangest door to door kind of experiences, which were, not you know, my normal experiences, my taxes are too high, Amy, or the school system sucks, Amy, or, you know, I don't have any control of the school system, but still, um, you know, these kind of, you know, these uh, parking's a disaster, Amy. Main Street's a disaster, Amy. And this was, I have a very low-grade depression, Amy. And I feel really depressed. And I'm very anxious, Amy. And I have lost my job, Amy. And, mm-hmm. this, you know, you know it, was a, it was a very different and difficult campaign to run in, not mm-hmm. for the normal Politics that existed, but because it was it was really emotionally draining to be hearing, you know, very sad stories day after day, which then made me come home and drink and eat. Right, and for more, sure, for sure. I just 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 pile it on, pile it, push it down, and pile mm-hmm. it on. Mm-hmm. So um, so anyway, the between the juice cleanse and just and um, feeling like it was time to to take control. As well,
0: so let's uh um uh, you. I want to be mindful of, uh, I have to leave right at seven. So I was thinking, Mm -hmm. let's shift gears here and say, you know, ask our guests, like what, so how, how does one start at like, uh, like a wellness regimen when the whole world is sick? (laughs) Right. Uh, So like if, and also I would say actually, Amanda, I was thinking about um, one thing about yoga, it's very intimidating the first time anyone shows up. Right. Especially in the other studio. Like, you know, when I first started yoga, I was like, who are these people? You know, (laughs) meaning I I always, I was like, I felt like a baby rhino in the back of the class. (laughs) So we're, and so, um, you know, because uh, you know, a lot of people are very are very good at it, right? And so you get there when you first start up. You can't even, you know, even standing on like just standing on your two feet. You're like, I feel like I'm standing wrong, right? You get a sense right. that you're doing it all correct. So, so how would somebody approach like if someone wants, if someone's brand new to yoga and they want to find seek out your class? So, what advice would we give them?
3: So, I think that would help a lot of people during the pandemic. That like to start getting to a class. I think that the Zoom. Option kind of helped with that because people weren't as intimidated since they were in their own home and they could turn their camera off. They could do it with a family member. We weren't really calling any, I mean, not that we'd be calling people out, but like, I think a lot of, a lot of people started during the pandemic, a lot of people would do, I know, like videos from Peloton and like even on YouTube and just like kind of overcoming that first step of like getting on your yoga mat and then start to feel comfortable enough to maybe show up in person. Once they know that, like, if it was like my zoom class, they were taking my zoom class for a couple of months. I start announcing I'm teaching live outside. They show up to a class because they've already taken a class with me through zoom. I think I try to be very encouraging that yoga is for everybody and that there's no judgments ever. And so I try to really just like, you know, encourage people to overcome that like inertia and just get to a class. But it is intimidating. I think going with a friend helps a lot. I think making a plan and sticking to it helps a lot. And even like when people would message me on Instagram and be like, I'm coming to your class tonight. It's like accountability that like, okay, (laughs) awesome. Totally. I can't wait to see you. Like they just have to say it and like commit to coming and then they show up and then can eventually get into a schedule. So, although like you said, it can be intimidating, can be hard to show up. The little steps help, you
0: know? Yeah. I'll say uh, yoga is, is weird. It's, it's intimidating from the outside, but I you know, once you're in a class I've never met a, a not nice person in a class like no exactly. one has ever no one ever ge- has ever looked uh in, no one's no one cares what you're doing no <laughs> it, not
1: in the you know, least.
0: Right, uh, well at least in those hot yoga classes your place I, I was always more concerned with like am I gonna die here right right no like several <laughs> like times I'm like oh wow this is it this is where I'm gonna die
3: it, it ends and now
0: it, it's gonna end and I, and I always wait and this is how kind of fucked up i mean i was just like well, i think the headline's gonna be like you know fat guy dies in the back of a yoga class and i was worried about the headline and it's like i just hope you know that maybe i don't shit myself before i die. Like, yeah <laughs> i think a lot of people are scared of
1: that everybody never, in the class is <laughs> hoping that too oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> but it never occurred to me to get up and leave the leave the mat i was like i'm not well i, I, never, I never was like i better just like take a rest or something like that I it was powered through i was like well if i'm gonna die i guess this is what i'm gonna do but i would say no one ever like looked like you, you know so if anyone's out there thinking about it just just show up. No one cares
3: definitely show up and so many people say to me like I wish I did this three years ago I wish I did this four years ago I've been thinking about this for years I think it's just you know we all have our own like insecurities and it's hard to show up into a new space but just know that like you're doing it for you you're doing it to feel better you're doing it to like show up for yourselves and it it doesn't have to be an intimidating event
1: and you know, one thing that's great about your classes for me, Amanda, was that I can't take that, um, like, the yoga music that's not right. fast, mo- like, I run to pop music, I am like, I, I, I'm i not suggesting that this is putting me in a great light, but I like pop music, right, like Taylor yeah. Swift, or whoever is going to make me run my 3.25 miles. Right. And your class was always so good, because well, at least you know, the classes that 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 I took, you always had upbeat music that yeah. I would make me then do down dog, um, which is supposed to be a resting position and it's really not at all. It's not, I don't know. Whoever comfortable ever, to me. Like I'm, not, I'm I've never understood why that's called a resting
0: position. That was one of the questions we had from uh weed so, so the question someone said, when does down dog uh, become a resting posture? Because it just doesn't feel like that. And I don't think it ever does, right?
3: I don't know whoever started that. And then we all felt the need to continue to say it.
1: And every time I say it, I'm like, I'm lying to them. Right? I'm like barely holding on in this down dog. Who's resting here? Because I'm not. (laughs) Like you could fall asleep in your down dog or something. No. Right? Um, And one other question we got for, uh, well, I got a couple of questions, but one I just want to make sure I hit was that there's so many different types of yoga. You know, how would a person know what type of yoga would be right for them? It's a great question. So I would say to try them all, like if you, you
3: know, some people connect with the Bikram practice because it is very regimented and others connect with vinyasa because it's a flow and you never really know what's coming next. And some like the heat and some don't, but some people who come to, you know, a non-hot space or a hot space never knew that they didn't like one or the other until they actually tried it. Like, I think we get these, you know, thoughts in our heads sometimes like, oh, I could never do that. Oh, I would never do that. And you try it and you love it. So I would say to try it. Um, there are great options around both virtually and live, um, different forms of yoga, different styles of yoga, different teachers. And I think it's just important to try to see which and see what you like, because there's something for everybody for sure.
1: And another question I have for both of you, which is if you had to give people one wellness tip, what would that wellness tip be?
3: Mine would be similar to my New Year's resolution. I honestly think that we get so caught up that we have to run... This amount. We have to go to this yoga class because it's seventy five minutes long. We have to do the peloton for forty five minutes. I think the one wellness tip is to do something a day, little something a day that makes you feel good. Go for the walk around the block. Do this. like, you know, sit with yourself and for twenty minutes and and breathe and do some like stretches. It doesn't have to be these big events that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do. It could just be, smaller things. That's kind of like what you were saying too, Reggie, is just like changing your habits and, and incorporating small bits of wellness that eventually turn into big parts of wellness in your life or wellness management in your life.
2: Yeah, I, I agree completely. Just, you know, that little tiny step, two or three minutes in the morning that you might have to incorporate something like for me, I, you know, I'm 60 this year. I have Yamga girl knees from Ashtanga practice, which is supposed to be for like 14 year olds in India, <laughs> that type of yoga, right? That's where I started, like maniac girl, super athlete. Um, and so through the years as an athlete, I've destroyed my knees. I'm not getting surgery, it's not happening. I have to keep my quadriceps really strong. And so every morning, you know, besides my initial good morning, my love, and a kiss on my husband's cheek, I get off the bed and I literally just for two or three minutes work my knees, work my ankles. They're old. I love them. But I need to stretch (laughs) them because then when I finally do drop into a yoga class or I finally get on my bike, I'm actually got a little bit of synovial fluid in those knees and they're not going to hurt as much and I can keep moving and keep going and building on just that simple practice. And I think every one of us have something in our life that we would like to address. And like one thing I went through in COVID is I read Maria Kuhn, Maria Kuhn's book, you know, keeping it clean and tidy. Oh, I'm talking about that little Japanese chick. yeah
1: yeah oh my god she had like a number one netflix special too i've never seen the
2: netflix i picked up the book because a young woman was staying with us and she was studying for law and she left it uh behind and i picked it up and i was like oh my god these are great philosophies and i just started little places in my home that i wanted to get to and gradually i've just about completed my whole home And it wasn't like I was on a rampage or angry. I appreciate my home. I love my home. This is where I dwell. I need to keep it a little tidy, keep it simple. And simple seems to really work for my world because I have a lot less to worry about. I've never been a pedicure chick. I've never spent my money that way. I've never valued my money that way. I prefer to give and keep giving and in the process of giving, it comes back. It just does. Giving is a beautiful thing. So if you can give a little in your day, do it.
1: I think you brought up a great point, Reggie, and Amanda, you did as well, like to start keeping things simple, that pre-COVID everything was, or Mm -hmm. felt now in retrospect so complicated that I had to run three miles, I had to hit your 90-minute class, I had, you know, and then um, and no, the idea, not good
3: enough. Like what you're right? doing, not good
1: totally.
3: enough. Like oh, I, I and I catch myself all the time. I'll call my friend. I, I just, I, I made a joke about this the other day. I ran like two miles and walked a mile. Cause I just didn't feel like it. I wasn't into it. I was whatever <laughs> I call in front. I'm like, how pathetic I just ran two. like, I'm just being, but venting, whatever. I ran two miles. Isn't that ridiculous? I'm like, I should be lucky that I can physically run two miles. There you go. <laughs> Who am I to say that to myself? And all I do is preach to my yoga classes, how important it is to respect what you can do and to be thankful for your body. And here I am giving myself. Crap for running two miles. I should be damn proud of myself for running two miles. Some, days you, run sick, some days you run none.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like, and it's all okay because all it, it doesn't. It's that's fine. It. It, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. But I, have, I do want to get to a couple more questions, Reggie, because you got you you your, your um your followers had some questions for us, and I'm curious about this too. What mm. is the best, best juice for brain fog?
2: Because so I right.
1: feel like I'm in a blur. All the
2: yeah. time. So it, uh, it, really anything that has wheatgrass, which is chlorella, anything that has spirulina, either Pacifico or um, freshwater Lake Kalmyth. These are high mineral contents that help with the neurotransmitters in the brain to turn the brain on. I love the algae bloom. The uh, reason being is it has aloe in it. That serpentines the intestinal wall and gets a lot of the gunk out so you can absorb your nutrients better. But it also has um, E3 Live, which is a freshwater algae from Lake Klamath. And it's an aqua botanical with like 47 different minerals. If you That's don't want a juice, yeah, you get the, uh, the Mission Blue. It's the same byproduct, high mineral content, super important for brain fog. Just turns it right on and, and i'm going a to do one heavy.
1: more which also i'm also interested in which is the best group ju- for which is the best juices to jumpstart your metabolism
2: so that would be with a citrus base in it so the maid of okay. honor everyone's best friend Right? That's why. (laughs) So it's got the beet, it oxygenates the blood. But more importantly, it's got the dandelion, which cleans the stomach wall. And it has the grapefruit, which is a very strong digestive enzyme. In the morning, the physiology of the human anatomy morning, you're eliminating. So think of the European diet. Why are all those skinny bitches walking around in blue zones all day long looking fabulous? That is why they eat based on their physiology. In the morning, you eliminate. So in the American diet, we have a tendency to add a lot in the morning. Not true. Shouldn't do it. It's not the runner's diet. doesn't work. The morning you eliminate. So if you put uh, any kind of strong citrus in, especially grapefruit, it will help with those enzymes that actually work to eliminate what you ate 24 hours, 48 hours before. In the middle of the day, between 11 and 2, is when you're absorbing your nutrients. That's when the brain needs to be turned on. That's when you're going to give it its most uh, most caloric intake, uh, high protein intake. This will keep the metabolism going. It'll brighten you, lighten you. You'll feel on. And then later in the day is when you're restoring. That's when you're taking it down a notch. That's when you go with these green juices like uh, Liberty Light with turmeric, celery, cucumber, parsley. These are great salts in the body that work to restore. So in the morning, we eliminate. In the middle of the day, we're absorbing. And at the end of the day, we're restoring. The American diet is made that your big meal is at night. I mean, I'm the first one that loves to break bread with family. But I would really prefer to have that big meal, if I could, between 11 and 2. And Right now, that is what my husband and I do, except on the weekends. It's not going to happen on the weekends, right? If I've got people coming to sit on my front porch to have a big meal, they're going to sit outside with heaters and have a meal. I'm not going to deny myself that opportunity to socialize. However, I am much more inclined to go by the European diet because it's based in physiology and biology of the human body and how it operates. And as a previous athlete, my whole life, that was the diet I used to consume. And I was good, (laughs) you know, very competitive.
1: Okay. Joe, we have to wrap up because you have to be off in four minutes, right?
0: Uh, That is true.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I have to ask a couple of quick questions. Um, we asked this question to a lot of people. Do you guys have a place in Asbury that was here? So you guys have been here a number of years, but that is now gone. So um, a lot of people talk about Howard Johnson's or, you know, things like that. Um, especially you, Reggie, because if you were, you were here in the early 2000s, you yeah. were here... During, um, and in where when we had a lot of interesting, interesting things going on, so any sure. places that you could think of that I are-
2: love, I loved the hardware store. I, I, I feel like that was a great loss for us on Grand Avenue. Remember the hardware store on oh, Grand? Yeah. Oh, I remember yeah, the is, I loved store that too. Yeah, place, yeah, yeah, I loved that place, and I
1: architecturally, was, it was
2: kind of, yeah, sharp, beautiful. Too beautiful it was it was
1: also a bomb shelter
2: um it was so cool i just loved it and the little greek church that was over there too isn't there Mm -hmm. a little greek church over there
0: it's still there Um,
2: yeah it's it's a big i would say big ish i think it's a pretty big church now well i just find grand avenue is just the place of all the religious expression in town you know there's so (laughs) many great churches there yeah
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. amanda do you have a place that sierra's
3: now gone I don't think so. Not that I would like remember like that. I'm trying to think. I mean, there's a lot of places in Asbury that I would have loved to see in action like years ago that everybody talks about, like the ride and the boardwalk. I wish I got to like live in that time.
1: Yeah. We get people on the show who, who, um, who were like Tommy or known who were kind of born and raised here. I I hear those stories. We have a a whole demographic of people in town. My mom talked about the the Monte Carlo pool. Yeah, yeah. That that I would have loved to have been around for yeah, that as well. That's like, fabulous.
2: I can't even imagine some of those things. I used to come here in the eighties with my brother George. Uh, he has since died of AIDS, but um he, he lived in Hoboken mm-hmm. and I would come here and he would be here for the weekend, and I'd end up down in Manasquan and then come back and pick him up. And I never felt like Asbury was not a welcoming place. I think because I'm from a family of seven children. So my sisters used to go out on those boats on Lake Avenue and do their shopping here for Easter at the Steinbeck building with my family out of Spring Lake. So Asbury's always threaded in our lives. So even like in our twenties, bringing my brother here, and I'm he was going here. to the gay
1: bars and clubs, right? Yeah, day. he was coming. Yeah, yeah. Chilling
2: here. Yeah. Nice. Would have loved Just, to see it like that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's always been a thread.
0: I remember shop. My mom took me shopping at the Steinbeck's
2: <laughs> when I was a kid.
0: I do remember that. I mean, in the 70s, yeah. I'm going to guess yeah. that was, right? Not a lot, but I do remember being there.
1: Mm mm-hmm. hmm. And are you guys so we're doing a little bit of a recommendation aspect. So do you guys have any recommendations on podcasts, book, series that you've read in the last couple of months you would recommend people give a go? I
3: don't so much personally. My my friends are obsessed with crime podcasts. And they want me to hear. I like crime but they want a crime podcasts. Crime junkies is the one that my friend is like trying to get me to listen to. So that's on my list. I don't know how into it I'm gonna be, but i I might give it a go.
1: Um, I'm teaching myself poker because I have the time and, you know, it's, (laughs) it's, it's a really beautiful, interesting game. It's, it's, it's a difficult game and it's a, it's a different language for me. So I'm struggling a little bit, but, um, I read this book called the biggest bluff. Um, I read it for my book club, a woman named Maria Konnikova. I think it's a bestseller and she, um, her whole thing is to learn how to play poker in one year. Um, and to win the P- world's poker championship or something. And she doesn't, but she gets close. And the way she describes the game of poker, um, it, it, she describes it as like an art form. It, it was really beautiful. So I've been playing poker online, which is, which is terrifying, but, um, and, and the trolls are like nuts when you're a woman, but, um, um, I, I I'm enjoying, um, I'm, I'm reading a whole bunch of books right now on poker. Did you so watch the now... Gambit? Did I watch what? It I means, did watch The Queen's Gambit. That's what it's reminding me of. So good. Yeah, yeah. And Maybe that planted the seed. I read that and then this, I had this book club book. And then, you know, I have a couple out, especially on dry January. I have hours, you know, that I would normally have had a few drinks and then fallen asleep that I'm I'm reading poker books. Um, Reggie or Joe, do you have podcasts or books or series or anything you want to recommend to people?
2: I've read a few books over the last few months, but... I, I don't really want to recommend them. They were a little bit on the depressing <laughs> side.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, like the Water Dreamer, I think, was one of them, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that, that goes back to uh, Harriet Tubman times. Uh, what is it? Water Catcher, Water Dreamer, I think it was. Another one was Pachanko, the little Japanese family, fishing family in uh, Korea. Uh, after World War II. It's a real tur- page turner, but it is a little depressing because it, it illustrates the, uh, the lack of sensitivity towards the Koreans in World War II by the Japanese and how it continues even into modern day society. So I have a tendency to look at those kind of somewhat historical novels that can be a little bit like jarring. If Mm -hmm. you want to escape, it's not coming from me. I was gonna
1: say, (laughs) mark down, don't read those. Right, right, (laughs) right.
0: (laughs) Reggie's anti. (laughs) Reggie's anti recommendations.
1: Yeah, and you (laughs) you have anything Joe
0: or no? So I just started reading a a book that Rita got me for Christmas, "Killers of the Flower Moon," um, which is an older book. It was about the murder of the Osage Indians and their oil, and the birth of the FBI, which I thought was pretty. So far, it's pretty one uh depressing and but really fascinating about um the story about oil and crime and and um indigenous Indian rights yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it, a great it, book yeah it's really um it's very interesting so far and I'm trying to think of there's a couple um i'll throw one podcast i'm out re- uh reading now or listening to real podcasts at least i'm listening to uh if you like short history ones um uh, what's his name? So no, I can't find it. It's this guy, um, British historian. Uh, come on. Of course, my podcasting. It's called uh, Dan Snow's History Hit, like 20-minute history things, which are interesting. Oh, That's wow. I
1: might check cool. that out. Yeah. It's yeah. For sure.
0: No, it's, it's interesting. And they're, they're British. So they, start, they sound smarter than I think, than maybe they are. So, you feel, oh, of course. <laughs> you, know, you know, they could be saying something ridiculous. I'm like, oh, it's so interesting.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: if, if someone's he was using received pronunciation, you think, oh, man, they must be brilliant, right? And, but,
1: right. <laughs> okay, ladies. So, I want to thank you both for coming. We're three minutes sure. over. So, Joe is exactly. late for his Zen group, which I feel terrible about. That's um, right. I, I, I
0: buffed it to 7:30. That's 7:15. Okay. Okay. Thank you guys
1: Thank so you. much. Thanks, Ming. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks, Thank Ming. You.
0: Thanks for listening today. If you want to practice yoga with Amanda, you can find her at jandyoga.com. That's J-A-N-D-E-E. And if you want to try some of Reggie's delicious juice, you can find her at juicebasin.com. Thanks.